Greetings, we're the Hyperfixated Persons Unit. A crack team of individuals with obsessions and ideology so intense that they can only safely be contained by a monthly podcast. I'm Claire and my Spotify wrapped paints a disturbing picture. I'm Goldie, they them, and I'm a loose cannon this department can no longer afford. I'm Joel, they them, and I am shamelessly traumatised by hentai. In this session, we're going to be digging into the delicious and deadly delights of BBC America's Killing Eve series. So, basically, (laughs) (laughs) it's a show about a 40-something lady spy who is uh, tasked with hunting down a young female assassin, but it turns out that the assassin is seriously horny for MILFs. Wonderful. This sounds up my alley, though. Yeah, I really think it is. (laughs) Horny Um, for MILFs. I am uh, Freudian to the utmost degree. <laughs> I am a credit to psychologists, honestly. So, yeah, let's go with that. So, so yeah, basically imagine the uh, Hannibal show if it was about um, homoerotic women instead of homoerotic men and you swap the uh, age of the main characters and it looked uh, more bright and colourful instead of dark and broody and it was just really, really fucking funny. All right, wonderful. Mm-hmm. I've heard that this is described as less full-on Hannibal. Yeah, it's um like I could ne- personally never really get into the Hannibal series because it was just really yeah that I, shocks me. Yeah, I don't know. It was just it was just too grim all the time and serious. It just felt like it took itself too seriously. I don't feel like it did, but it also didn't like, like in a I weird don't know. way because it did take itself too seriously. But that was hilarious <laughs> to me. Like I thought it how the sh- everyone was so ridiculously over the top it yeah, was impossible I, to take the show too seriously like, even though it took itself very seriously <laughs> i guess uh, i feel like it kind of by the second season it was very much winking at you i felt i, I couldn't get like, that far because this was back when like um the internet in australia was even worse than it is now and i was trying to stream it <laughs> fair enough that you sh- you should keep going because it gets it gets so ludicrously pretentious that you can't possibly imagine that they didn't know what they were doing okay i think i only yeah. got up to the part where um it was just pretentious yeah okay i was like uh i only i think i watched a, a couple of episodes of hannibal um and i was like oh this is cool this is just more mad mickelson i'm down for this uh, i never continued much from it uh but i do i have gotten the memes recently where there's there's like a picture of mads and he's just like scale like stretched horizontally uh, T posing and Mads is like I'm not scaled. I look normal. Uh, <laughs> I'm not T posing and straight. I know the one. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "You're hallucinating. This <laughs> this isn't happening." Well, maybe we should do that as a future episode. But this one's about killing Eve. Yes, it uh, is. So, so killing Eve. We we have a a milf is being hunted by a milf hunter. Some no, kind the of milf, milf hunter No, the milf is hunting <laughs> an assassin with a fetish for milfs. Okay, right. So the the assassin uh, is kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, that's exactly what oh, you're happens. You're following me. Oh, okay. yeah, no, th- no, that's exactly what happens. The hunter becomes the hunted. Right. Who becomes yeah. the hunter? Yeah, it, exactly. It's just there's a lot of hunting going on. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's pretty much exactly what you just described. Okay. Like, there's a scene pretty much exactly like that. Where, <laughs> um, you 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 have no idea how much on the money you are, but you will <laughs> well, once okay. you watch it. Um, uh, okay, so um, 
And th- this uh, question isn't a deal breaker, but what is the like Goran uh, splatter volumes for this series? Uh, I'm I tend to not enjoy a lot of like the really gruesome sort of stuff. I'm fine with violence and gore and stuff being in things, but there's often like contexts where I'm more fine with it than others. So how does this one kind of stack up? Is I wouldn't say this is gory as Hannibal. Um, like there's definitely pretty bloody scenes, but it doesn't. And do these tend to be like we see a murder scene after the fact, or we see a killing, or um, what sort? What sort of violence do we tend to get in this show? It's not a show where the violence is like the focus, right? It's um, like there's definitely um, violence because it's about an assassin, mm-hmm. and there are some pretty bloody scenes, but it's not like. Like, oh, look here, it's a corpse, everyone. Look at right. the corpse. Yeah, like, I'm, I think I remember, like, like not maybe from some what of I the recall. episodes of Hannibal, like, it'll be, oh, this guy's been turned into an angel with antlers and shit coming out of him, and we're circling this dude for the entire scene, which, like, I still find that interesting. I don't know, I've got a complicated relationship with Gorse. Uh, I have yet to figure out what bits, what are my rules for what I don't like versus what I do like, but I know that I have them somewhere. Like, I think you may have some problems with this mm-hmm. not so much because of the gore like i can't really remember in my head if there's much gore i don't remember much gore but too many milfs. yeah you're too distracted just, by the milfs. there's a exactly. lot of milfs going around um really i'm really pumped I'm, for it, I'm to be i really can't explain to you <laughs> i'm imagining that scene in the airplane where you see the entire uh fuselage of the plane all the passengers absolutely panicking and screaming and then a topless woman walks in front of the camera jiggles her naked tits in front of the for like a full second and then walks off and no one ever mentions it (laughs) yeah so um okay so i think you might have a problem with it not so much with the gore but just because like i know you don't like it when characters kind of like bad like sometimes i think you've said that you don't like it when characters like horrible things happen to them and it's just kind of like oh that really didn't seem fair yeah i think that is one of the things of like uh undeserved deaths there's There's a lot of those in this morally like uh silly uh as it is for a real real realistic setting um i know that uh um some of the deaths in cabin in the woods for example yeah like um, i was thinking of that i'm not okay with uh and i think cabin was a fantastic film it's just i'm not going to watch it again like Um, (laughs) if uh I think like the oh, something that often gets me with shows is uh, treating death casually. Yeah, is like when I was a kid, I was super fine with it. But go- getting older and actually experiencing people passing away or learning more about life just in general, and uh, that life is something that you should probably like don't just toss away very casually. And then I go back and see media where you just mow down a room full of guys, and I think, well, they had a mum. Like this series, it's. Um it's kind of 50-50 on that mm-hmm. because it's a black comedy. Yeah. So some of the deaths are treated in a comedic way. I think I'm, I'm usually fine with black comedies because I feel like they're at least recognizing it. Um, yeah. They, they know what they're doing. It's not just casually throwing away. They're doing, this is a bit like hot fuzz. Yeah. And like also a lot of the scenes are from the perspective of a psychopath. Right. So we're seeing the things... Um, we're seeing things as she would see it, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, you're dead now. Okay. So, and, um, and this show as well, this I'm guessing is going to be from two perspectives, from the uh, the assassin and from the yeah. detective. Um, if it's not too much of a spoiler, um, do we know why the assassin is killing these people? 
because she's um okay so there is a wider plot like a espionage kind of um james bondy i guess kind of plot where there's like um a big cabal controlling this um assassin to go and kill these important people across Europe. It's very kind of okay. ooh, international espionage. John kind Wick. Of, John Wick kind of thing. Okay. But like they never really focus on that because it's really about the weird, twisted, sexy obsession between these two extremely messy bitches. Uh, right. Okay. I cool. like that. That's a good dynamic to play off. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll be fine with all of that. I think that sounds, it sounds pretty good for all of us. What do you like about this? I like a lot of things about this. Um, so basically my mom got me into this. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. How, you and your mom are ironic. like low-key very the same. It's <laughs> funny to me. Sometimes. What? We're like, what? You're low-key very the same. Oh, I thought you said Loki as in no, the Marvel character. You're back on Loki again. <laughs> <laughs> that episode was months ago. You can't keep shoehorning it in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just trying to pass that sentence where we're both Loki the same. Like, yeah. are we both variants Lo- of Loki or... But anyway, um, yeah, but I wasn't like... I didn't... She was like, oh, I really got to watch this episode of this of this show I'm really into. I'm like, oh, okay. Because uh, my mom's really in a, into her murders and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. like she was really into this show called Luther once, which I tried to watch because she kept telling me the main... Lucifer? Ma- or Luther. Luther, okay, sure. And, like, um, she tried to get me to watch that. And she kept telling me that the psychopath from that looked exactly... The psychopath who killed her parents from that looked exactly like me. And I, which I was not convinced by. Is anyway. Luther the show with Idris Elba in yeah. it or am I racist? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I tried to watch that and it was just so grim and depressing. And I was like, I couldn't get into it. So, like, when um, she said, let's watch Killing Eve, I was like, ugh, okay. And, like, five minutes in, I was like, holy shit, I love this. <laughs> Because it's like it's not dark and grim; it's a comedy, but it's like it's not just a black comedy; it's also a quirky comedy at the same okay. time. And the thing I love about it is just like as I said, all the characters are completely messy bitches. <laughs> they're not bitches; well, they are some of them are bitches, but like they're just all complete messes. And it's so bitch in the gender neutral term. Yeah, well, they're not all <laughs> bitches. Like, yeah, they're um. In the celebrated empowered way. <laughs> anyway, I'm an empowered bitch. Like, yes, yeah, like everyone's much. everyone's a mess, right? In like some way or another, or, or everyone's just like really weird. Mm-hmm. And there's like a couple of normal people here who have to deal with everyone else being a freak. Right. Um, and it's just and it's just great. And one of the things I really love about it um, is that the main character is a woman, and they're the freakiest, messiest bitchiest of all and that's just so refreshing because in a lot of like not always but in a lot of stuff like there's less female characters and they're often a lot blander Mm -hmm. like it's there's there are they have been like it's it's getting better like within the last 10 20 years and even back in the past there were like loads of really good female characters like xena and Ripley and all that bunch. And the one female character from Star Wars, Leia. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate her more now that I've watched, mm-hmm. they've listened to the uh, radio play. But um, yeah, often the women were just like these, <sighs> they were just like these cardboard cutouts out there to be like the thing that the men have to rescue or the thing to nag at the men. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the men got to be like, have the character development and the be funny and yeah. have the, 
they just got to be there's a reason besides the fact that women are horny that most fan fiction is about men fucking men instead of women fucking women or women even fucking men it's because the men were the only ones who were got well they weren't the only ones but they majorly got the most screen time got the most screen time got the most development were most relatable for women Hmm. because the women weren't written to be full people whereas in this they're not only like they don't only take center stage they're they're well developed and they get Hmm. to be like the funny ones and Hmm. the ones who fuck up and have to learn from their mistakes and stuff like that which is so refreshing because like if your answer to um, women experiencing sexism is to use the one character in your piece, the one female character in your piece of media, um, and make her entire plotline about the fact that women have to um, experience sexism, and then you don't give her a chance to grow beyond that, you're not fucking helping. Mm. <laughs> Just we do, women like female we can't relate to people who are perfect and have no life outside the fact that they need to prove that they were equal to men my god sometimes we fuck up too and we need to have a redemption arc like we need to be messy yes we need to be messy bitches something that uh i really liked about so the i think the 2016 the all-female ghostbusters that came out Mm. i think that that film uh is pretty good like it is a B comedy film. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't win many awards. Most of the jokes are all right. Some of them aren't that great. It has a banging soundtrack. Um, I think that it is remarkable, just in terms of there are a shitload of B action comedy male films. Yes. Just make more with females. Like it. It wasn't any better or worse than a lot of other films. Um, it was just another one that's there. There's more characters that you can now point to and go, oh, cool, there's a female character who is a dipshit. Yeah. Uh, hey, there's a female character who's really cool. Hey, there was one who was really horny. Um, there's just more content of it. It didn't need to hit it out of the park and be amazing. Somewhat tangential, mm-hmm. but a bizarre series of thoughts just occurred to me that is remotely related to what we just discussed. Take us but on this journey. In the original Ghostbusters, there's a scene where one of the male Ghostbusters gets his dick sucked by yes. a ghost, right? In that that came out, what, 30 years ago now? 40? Uh, 40 probably. 40, yeah. In the new Ghostbusters, did a woman get her pussy ate by a ghost? Did that happen? Because uh, it should have. <laughs> 40, 40 fucking years down the track, we should have ghost pussy eating by now. So, like, Ghostbusters... <laughs> so, did that happen? We're, we're gonna end up or do going, I need to write a letter? <laughs> you probably need to write a letter. Okay. Um, and this is... Well... We might have this leads into a large discussion about Ghostbusters, which we won't get into because we're getting off topic. But um, the original Ghostbusters no, was do- us? <laughs> the original Ghostbusters was spawned out of Saturday Night Live, which was that very crude uh, adult comedy stuff. And since then, it became more sanitized and family friendly. Okay. Um, and so, and and that dick sucking bit is mostly cut out of the film. Yeah. I didn't really know what, when I was a kid. Uh, and that scene. You have happened. to be an adult to understand that scene. I think. Yeah, when that yeah, scene I didn't happened. know how. I just saw what the fuck was going yeah, on. I, saw, I, I, saw that a ghost, as a kid. I saw a ghost turn up, uh, floating over the guy. He goes, "All right." And then she disappears, and then his belt unbuckles, and then the guy leans back, and his eyes go cross-eyed. I go, "Does his belt feel weird? Like, is she like, as <laughs> his belt just like made him feel funny inside? It didn't look pleasurable. It didn't, and also I didn't even know what orgasms were when I first saw the film." But it didn't strike me as sexual. It just sort of like, okay, he got like weirdly psychically punched or something. I had no clue what was going on. Um, and that was, 
that scene is part of a whole subplot which got cut from the film. Uh, and that's the only scene that survived of <laughs> There's it. There's a whole subplot. There was, was going to be a whole subplot where it was fucking a ghost the whole film. Wow. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> like, cool. yeah, Ghostbusters got very sanitized as when I, no one gets a pussy eight. There is a himbo in... Uh, I do like that. That's Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, he right. just plays this complete himbo who's an idiot uh, and causes more problems than he solves. And he's a wonderful character. We need we need more himbos in media. Himbos, thembos. Uh, uh, but yeah, like... Um, I don't even get to Ghostbusters, I forget. Because <laughs> we were talking about... Oh, yeah. More, more yeah, basic level female content. Leads me back to what I was about to say, which is that um, that's part of the reason I like the movie Bridesmaids, mm-hmm. which like isn't normally something I'd watch, but it's ba- it, it allows women to have, like again, be idiots, <laughs> which is... Like, you, you can either... A, a broader experience. But, like, ex- but then learn from being idiots. Mm-hmm. And um, also be very crude and just have horrible, embarrassing, scatological things happen to them, which isn't normally the thing I would like, but it's refreshing to see it happen to a woman for once. Yeah. Because we poop too. Yeah, we've we've had the Hangover series and we've had a million films uh, of guys getting into horrible situations, being idiots, fucking up, being heroes, being legends, being horny, being all of this stuff. Women have just been women. Yeah, for a long time, and it's and it's been your ex- personality is woman. Been the exception uh, when we we'd have an interesting woman character, when f- uh, powerful female characters were starting to be a thing. That needs to no longer be an exception; it just means it'd be default. You need to roll a dice when you get a character uh, sometimes, and just go, okay, they happen to be this exactly. Mm-hmm. But like, um, I feel like I'm edging into the area of irony by making everything about sexism when I'm happy about this show because it doesn't make everything about <laughs> sexism. So I'll talk about the other things I like about yep. it, sure. which, again, is just generally that all the, like, all the characters are really fun and interesting, mm-hmm. not just the woman, mainly the woman, but um, there are a couple, a couple of fun male characters in there as well. We're allowed a couple. Yeah, you're, you, can have it. You, can have, you can have some of these. Um, and... Um, Again, leading back to the sexism thing for a moment, um, the main focus of the show is between about the relationship between women, which was like even more uncommon mm, than yeah. like having good female characters was having interesting relationships between um, two female characters. So this doesn't just yeah, like the Bechtel test. Yeah, is a ba- is this just because you pass the Bechtel test doesn't mean you're not sexist. It's a bare minimum. This show doesn't just pass the Bechtel test. It, it makes a pass at the Bechtel test, then takes the Bechtel test home and has a threesome with its mum, and then steals both their wallets afterwards. Fucking wonderful. Yeah, but again, the relationship doesn't just center around the fact that they're women. It centers around. Well, you'll find out. <laughs> it's it's um, it's the kind of relationship you could see between, like, not exactly, but two men or a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's more about the, it's not just it's the show isn't about being a woman. It's about the human condition, mm-hmm. and also the psychopathic condition, which is pro- like one of the big themes of it is that one of the main characters is a psychopath, and they actually had a um, psychologist on the writing team as a. Um, consultant to try and get it, it somewhat accurate. Because uh, and Joel can probably correct me on this. Uh, the the definition of psychopath it's something to do with just the brain doesn't think in this way. Um, um, so look, w- psycho- 
So the definition and concept of a psychopath is still very much hotly contested. Psychopath right. is not a psychological term. It is a um it is generally a pop culture term. Right, okay. Um so psycho so psychopaths, the closest thing we have to a psychopath diagnosis is what's called antisocial personality disorder, which is not really the same as what is shown here. A pathology like a inherent like neurological inability to feel empathy um, would result in antisocial personality disorder, but there are many ways to get to that end, if that right. makes sense. So this kind of, there's a lot of research going into kind of figuring out what is going on with this particular subset of people. Psychopathy is really interesting. It's, there's some, I don't know how reputable this is, but someone developed a scale of it. Because mm-hmm. about, if you tested people in jail with this scale, like three-fourths of them measure to some level, if that makes sense. But not everyone in jail is a psychopath. Mm-hmm. So it kind of argues like how much are we measuring environmental conditions that lead to this particular stuff? How much are we measuring abuse Right. Yeah. that results in this kind of behavior as opposed Nature to... Nature versus nurture sort yeah. of stuff. Um, and the kind of that pure you're born and you legitimately have no like ability to feel empathy or relate to other people is there are noted cases it is rare um quite it's so rare that studying it effectively is difficult so it's sorry to science this up a bit too much and spoil everyone's fun but there isn't really a cohesive idea around what makes someone a psychopath well no that's that's really good to know um yeah uh because it gets thrown around a lot and there i'm watching the expanse at the moment and there's a character well there's several characters who could arguably be called psychopaths in it uh there's a character amos who describes that he doesn't feel capable of making moral judgments um he's talking to a character and he says i could just as easily kill you as ask you to hand me that spanner and those make the same equivalence in my head in terms of the emotions that they respond with. I And this character says, I don't trust myself to make moral judgments, which is why I hang out with people who I think are good people, and I let them tell me what to do. Um, so there is some evidence from some people who are perhaps possibly considered psychopaths in the weird definitions of things, where, there's, where there, there are examples of people who have what you would probably consider psychopathy if you were going to say this, um, but they live very successful, happy lives uh, because a lot of psychopaths are smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, not all of them. Some of them aren't, and a lot of those people are the people in jail. But some of them are smart enough to go, I need to, I can't just, you know, I, I can't just do whatever I want. Does that make sense? Um, it's like a form of masking yeah, of sure. I know that I need to make this person yeah. be happy to get the thing that I want. But even that, like, like just to assimilate into social situations, just really different, like really, really fundamentally different. And I'm not even talking about like spectrum different, like fundamentally very, very different ways of thinking about and relating to things in general. Um, so things like there was a very I'll see if I can find it. There's this wonderful article online written by a guy who's kind of being investigated. He was found out. He he developed a medical imaging scan. Like, he, that, that was his job. He developed, like, medical tech. And he developed a new type of brain scan. He used himself as a test subject, and he went to kind of show at a conference of a whole bunch of um, psychologists and psychiatrists what he had done. And he put up the brain scan on the screen, and they all were like, 
who is this? Who did you take this brain scan of? And they were like, it's me. And they're like, okay, can we talk to you after? And they were like, you're missing like big parts of like wow. core bits of your stuff. And they and um, they did a few bits and pieces with him. And he came home after the conference and his wife was like, they all think, you know, I might be a psychopath. And his wife was like, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like she was... She wasn't even remotely surprised, but they wow. had a very loving relationship. She wasn't, by the way. They had a very loving relationship and two very well-adjusted, careful kids. That's mm. kind of what yeah. killing you've <laughs> asked the question. Like, yeah. can a psychopath love yeah. or do they just like... Do psychopaths have feelings? Yeah, yes. that's, ba- that's basically what the show is about. Yeah. Well, not entirely. Well, it's a big part of it. Um, but like the show does not sci- shy away in the slightest that she's a murderous psychopath, <laughs> but at the same time, more so in um, the later seasons, you're going to be watching s- sure. at least part of season one. Um, yep. But uh, I, it, 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 she is incredibly callous. But at the same time, like they, there's this one scene you won't see because it's in season two, and like um, it's where like the mask seems to come off for a moment, and she basically says that. I'm just so bored. <laughs> like, I, I, I buy the things I want to buy. I don't want them anymore. I do the things I want to do. I don't want to do it anymore. Um, and it's just, I just, I don't understand how everyone else isn't just screaming every time they wake up, like suffering from the same crushing boredom that I am. Right. That is a and common thing among people with a psychopathy trait mm-hmm. is uh, they're very, very high risk takers because they have a very high threshold of what they need to be stimulated. Mm-hmm. Thing. I want to quickly point out, so I do interrupt, mm-hmm. just to make sure before we go any further. First, I thought I made it pretty clear of what I said, but just to double check that no one misunderstood, I'm not comparing being a psychopath to being on the spectrum. I was trying to make it the opposite of that. And secondly, I'm not, even though I'm a psych, I'm not a huge expert on this topic. So please. Yeah, yeah. This is still a podcast of nerds who are excited about things. Don't come to us for medical advice. This is not health advice. Um, This is someone with a, who has a, passing professional interest in the topic but no but no particular level of expertise because they don't teach us this shit in uni yeah so yeah <laughs> go ahead go take with that as you will so i keep going I'm, i needed to put that <laughs> yeah, in yeah, yeah. i was Good getting anxious yeah so yeah it's and then the um the milf we shall call her yep asks um is it true that you don't feel anything and she says i feel things when i'm with you Aww. so I don't know if this any like they did have a psychology consultant. I don't know that they probably fudged a lot of facts we, in like, order to make it a more interesting story and make the character more palatable yeah. to audiences. I mean, we all but, we all know about uh, just because you've got a consultant doesn't mean it's right. Such as the famous consultant for for Native American culture they had on Star Trek Voyager, <laughs> who turned out to be a fraud, who knew nothing about Native American culture and in, had written several books claiming to be Native American and, in fact, was not. And all of Voyager's, like, stuff about Native American culture, turns out, was written by this dipshit. Fun fact! Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so, like, the the psychopath in this, a lot of the stuff she already does is pretty bloody well off-putting but i imagine a real murderous psychopath would be far 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 less palatable huh far less palatable yeah like because they 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 balance it out with making her very fun right and she does 
it's still well i don't want to spoil anything to you but it's a mystery as to what the actual nature of their relationship mm-hmm. is but a lot of people ship them um and yeah. they find that as another reason to be sympathetic toward this character even mm-hmm. though she's done an infinite number of unsympathetic things but i think if like a real if you from what i've read about real murderous psychopaths oh god no mm. <laughs> she's Definitely much more palatable. Yeah. All right, well, I'm excited. Yeah. The, um, she reminds me a little bit of like, I could never really stay too mad at Hannibal. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like, like Hannibal. Even, <laughs> even though Hannibal did some terrible things, I'm like, oh, you scamp. Yeah, it's basically- <laughs> Stop reading those people. It's basically like <laughs> manic pixie dream girl Hannibal yeah. is her character. Okay, sure. Um, I'm excited for this. Um, I don't have any other questions. How much are we watching? Whole season yeah, one? Yeah, what are we watching? Okay, so there's- Eight episodes in season one. I'd say at least watch up to episode five. Watch all of... Because there is a pretty important scene in season five. But if you can go beyond that, uh, go beyond that. How long are the episodes? Um, About 40 minutes-ish. I could probably do eight in three weeks between. Yeah, I reckon I could probably do Um, that. So, yeah. Okay. So, for everyone at home, all of season one. Where can they find it? Um, uh, It depends on what country you're in because it's on streaming sites. Sure. Look yeah. up your various streaming sites mm-hmm. and find the one and watch it on that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and by the way, or don't. I, I didn't get to say all the things <laughs> I love about it, but I'll say it next episode. Yeah, we can probably go yeah. through uh, go through it all when we actually when we've got more context for it. And we're not at risk of. The we need spoilers. to keep this podcast below three hours <laughs> consistently. That first yeah. episode, when I saw how long Thunderbirds turned out, I was like, "Oh God, we can't keep doing this." I got through the like half. Justify this. I got through like half the notes I wrote for the intro, but you'll Ooh. find out all the yeah. things I love about it when you watch it. All right, wonderful. Let's let's consume. Let's, we've identified our person of interest, I guess. Let's <laughs> let's go for let's it. Go We're gonna hunting. kill Eve. Yes. <laughs> let's kill Eve. Hi everyone. Quick note from the editor here. While in the discussion, as normal, we do spoil all of season one of uh, Killing Eve. We do also spoil a bit of seasons two and beyond. So just be aware going into the discussion. Spoiler warning. I have to kill you. I'm really sorry. I have to do Gotta go on. So did we kill an Eve's? I didn't expect Eve to be the kill. But I guess she was. So, so many so many kills. None <laughs> of them Eve. Yeah, there yes, were a lot of, of kills. Eve. So uh, what did we think of the killing of the Eves? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it. Like it it was I haven't watched a lot of like uh, BBC European drama in a while, and this was just again good high quality, all good actors, all good cast, actually casts someone who is Russian to play a Russian character or is Italian but like they all seemed fairly authentic. Um, story was cool. Yeah, I had a good time. Did you actually check if the actors were the national? I didn't check the played? actors, but I did check just before. Now, like it's a UK production, and it does seem like they've 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 done it actually like as properly as they probably can. I imagine they probably wouldn't go into Russia these days, but <laughs> no, I imagine you can't. Um, <laughs> to be honest, Russian Secret Service seemed awfully cooperative. Um. With the British intelligence in this show, well, I'm not entirely I mean, sure it's realistic, but mm. well, I don't know how Carolyn had her wiles. She did, I guess. I didn't expect there to be so much fucking. Everyone is so horny. In I this. know that. <laughs> that's something I've got written down in my notes as well. Um, 
Uh, it really, it really, particularly in episode three, the horniness level just takes a, um, just goes off exponentially. It starts off with a guy at a yeah, like the first two <laughs> episodes are like, uh, there's a bit of sex in them, but it's like, oh, this is one part of life. Then three is the sex episode, and then I expected, okay, it's gonna drop off from there, but then it uh, didn't. It just hit a new plateau. <laughs> it just yeah. keeps getting worse from there. Yeah, yeah, worse no. or better, possibly. I was a little disappointed there wasn't as many MILFs in this as you promised. Well, I mean, the main character is a MILF. I guess. Is she? Oh, wait. And oh, I, no, I, would I, was, th- I was thinking Villanelle. No, she's not the MILF. Villanelle is not very much not. And like every, her, it's very clear that her primary interest is MILFs. In fact, there's episodes true. dedicated to the fact. Yes, she does seem to like her MILFs quite a fair bit. Uh, in fact, it's even... Even more obvious to me this time around, there's a lot of moments where she's checking out older women that I didn't notice before, which um, are now really obvious to me. Like when they're just walking down the street or things like that. Yeah. She does does like her MILF. She's a MILF killer. Not really, but sexually. She's a little killer for everyone else though. Yes, absolutely. She is very much a killer. I did like... I did like this. I don't think I liked it as much as I thought I was going to. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. It just was, it didn't grab me quite as much as I thought it was going to. I oh, guess. Maybe I oversold it. <laughs> Possibly a little bit. Um, it was, it wasn't quite as funny as I thought it was going to be. I think that might have been it. I went into this assuming there was a lot more of a comedy aspect to it. And there is that, but it's, it wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. It might be because the first season I saw was actually season two because I was watching it with my mom and um and you missed on TV. Or no, on TV. Oh, TV. Yeah, yeah, and the um, old style. Yeah, so um, I was staying with my mom, and uh, the first episode, of s- the second season, was coming on, mm-hmm. and that um, also I was going in with the expectation it was just going to be another Luther style. Mm. Um, so I went and checked it up, and apparently each season is a different female director. They actually swap out directors for each season of the show, um, which would might explain why season two more comedic than season one. Yeah, they first um, the first episode of season two really struck me as being very funny. Yeah, um, the one which, that we stopped right before. Yeah, yeah. which <laughs> is what um, I guess created my impression of the series, mm-hmm. and that coloured it from there. Yeah, yeah, this. Um, this definitely had its moments, but I wouldn't say this was... I wouldn't pitch this as mostly a comedy. I, this is very much, for me, a thriller with comedic elements to it at the moment. Yeah, and yeah. like it, it had some good like detective sort of stuff. I liked how... Although it did, so they would often get clues uh, leading them to the next and the next and the next thing. Um, as it went on, like it felt like they were just being... Because they'd find a clue... They'd have go to talk to someone, they'd get killed, which would leave them another clue that would lead them to the next someone who would get killed. And that felt like it gets, got strung in for a little bit until they kind of get to the whole Russia thing and that was just a just a decent finale to kind of uh, change the pace of it. Um, yeah, do we want to... Uh, I've got a bunch of notes to talk through with it. Um, you want to just get stuck into it? Like yeah. episode by episode? Or I don't really remember specifically what happened in each episode, but I've got a all in my head mostly. Yeah, if you want to kick off. All right. Um, 
fucking great music. Yeah. Uh, the, the music was great. I was shazamming like every every second scene pretty much, all of the stuff. And it's like the one band that does it, doesn't it? Yeah, Unloved. Yeah. Uh, most of, well, actually, there's uh, music from um, other bands as well. If you go on Spotify and just look, look up Killing Eve, there's a big um, playlist of all the music that they use on the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was one, uh, Cigarettes After Sex by K, yeah. which I've written down, which I really liked. Um, what I, One of the things I liked is that they often had music from the country that they were in. Oh, yeah. In yeah, the yeah, they did. And, but Unloved, I, I describe them here as basically sultry femme fatale music. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to put it. I, it's the muse. It's like if you if you put a femme fatale in a blender and blended them up and then converted them into a musical essence. Mm-hmm. It was <laughs> like less sexy than Jessica Rabbit, but a similar sort of like single spotlight cocktail lounge, uh, often sort of thing with smoke in the air and everyone's all sad and drinking into their whiskeys. And a streak of danger to yeah. it all. Yeah, and she, everyone knows she's killed someone. They're not sure. If they're next. Yeah. But, hey, this is a great performance. Who who wouldn't be here? And, and um, I, f- I think the music is a, an enormous part of the overall aesthetic of the show, which I just wrote down as dripping with glamour. Uh, I don't know. It felt a little dingier than I was expecting at times. Um, it's still much more bright than, say, like a Hannibal or something. But I don't know. It didn't feel... Like the brightly colored, I think to me like glamour is more like the Great Gatsby movie. Like yeah. there, there weren't actually a lot of gowns in this, but there was a lot of like high society. There wasn't even that much high society actually. There wasn't really. That's what I was saying. I think I had part of my issue with this is I think I came in with a very specific idea of what this show was, and it wasn't it. And yeah, I get that sometimes. It. Yeah. Um. So I was expecting this to be a lot more bright. I've had this described to me as like an inverse Hannibal. Where like, yeah, I described it as that. Yeah, and <laughs> so I aesthetically, this is closer to Hannibal than not, in my opinion. Um, so it was, I guess, that really, I had a bit of a hard time readjusting my expectations a little bit, but I didn't, still didn't hate it. I, I like the interactions between all the characters, and I do like um, what was I can't pronounce her name. Villanelle. Villanelle, yeah. Uh, I do like Villanelle a lot. She really carried this for me. Yeah, she is the um, centerpiece of the whole thing. She definitely is. Um, she's a much more interesting character than Eve, in my opinion. I don't know. I was like, Villanelle was cool, but um, I didn't like her as much, mostly because it's, okay, uh, she has gone and killed a bunch of people, feels nothing about it, and then as it goes on, it uh, starts to humanize her a little bit, and she's doing a bunch of interesting stuff. She gets a spotlight so much. Um, and I'm like, okay, I feel like the show is trying to bring me up to her side, warm me up to her. And I go, okay, sure. You've still been remorselessly killing everyone all the way through and you killed my favorite character in episode three. <laughs> so as I, soon as she got Bill, I was like, all right, I don't think you're going to be able to come back from this. Sure, you might be able to help out someone perhaps towards the end or maybe get on someone's side. But you killed the best character in the show, so I'm afraid I'm never gonna like you. I knew that was good. that was gonna be your reaction yeah. before before um like we had uh, the initial discussion. I I knew mm-hmm. like uh, I was really annoyed because Bill was like he starts off as like oh he's kind of a stuffy boss, but he oh he was also fun. He's like willing to like say fuck you to his own boss. I'm like fuck it, I'll get fired. I don't give a shit. Um, and then uh, he has all these reasonable points, like he's critiquing Eve on her process, but then he's like, 
because reasons are like because you're biased and like I'm trying to crucible you down so that we get the truth. Like I need to be criticizing you in order for us to do a good investigation. And he was like, I oh, actually, yeah, all right. Like I wasn't used to being in this position. And Bill's like, yeah, fucking, of course you weren't. But yeah, and so he does. He's the voice of reason. He has all these great ideas. He turns out to be queer as fuck uh, in a really cool way. And then. He starts tailing Villanelle. I'm like, oh fuck, no, man, come on, trip, do you, and like fall somewhere and like get dragged behind. Don't go into the nightclub, for yeah. God's sake, dude. I could kill someone in a, in a nightclub, and I'm a fucking cinnamon roll. They, it's like they put as much effort into making Bill as likable as possible and making his relationship with Eve as endearing as possible. And like just in that episode, yeah. like right at the last second, they just like floor it with Bill, and then okay, boop. <laughs> Bill's death in the episode didn't surprise me because as soon as you started tailing him, I was like, yeah. okay, he's dead. But the fact that they would kill him that early surprised me. Yeah, I was I surprised by that. He seems like he was he was such a cool and kind of integral character. He's someone you'd kill off later on in the series to show the stakes are rising. Yeah, that's that's what I expected. Like, this guy might die, but not three episodes in. Mm-hmm. And he totally did. That was full on. I think it's because they wanted Villanelle to be the center of Eve's world from that point on. That's true. It does work that way. She also, I didn't like Eve very much. She's a huge asshole. Yeah, I could (laughs) see that. All the time. Like, she has the most adorable husband in the world and she just treats him like shit the whole time. Yeah, Yeah, I was expecting there to be a lot more of her, like, the thing that... the start of that being really weird was when she's going through a suitcase, he pops in and she sounds like, leave, yes. like, don't look in here kind of thing. I would have, I was expecting that to be like, hey, look at this. This is real fucked. And he goes like, wow, yeah, that's fucked. Cool clothes, but like, that's fucked. Like, I, w- I was expecting him to be more on the same page, but then she, yeah, she just pushes to, uh, swings to the other side on that. Yeah, that fight scene between them where, like, she full-on, like, she slaps him and then pushes him twice, like, mm. super hard. It was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> I guess that's... I mean, he was being a bit of a dickhead as well, but after a long period of her being a dickhead. Yeah. So it was it was just really And I get to on. his credit, like, he re- just removes himself from the situation. Just, like, that's his go-to. and That surprised me. He, like, he never phones her mm. again. Like, we never see him again. Yeah, he just... Like, he just... Goes fine. It's over then, I guess. And oh never no, he's back in season two. Yeah, but at least for that time yeah. period. Yeah, but things don't gone. get better for him. <laughs> no. Um, I I could definitely understand where you're coming from with Eve. In fact, it was more obvious to me this time around. And yeah, she is a, a bit of a she. She's a jerk. Yes. <laughs> but that's also, I guess, part of the point with her character. She's not meant to be a reasonable logical person no she is a real mess yeah that's which is kind of the part of the reason that got me into the show initially because protagonists especially these kinds of shows they're either when they're playing off a lot of um zany characters like the other zany characters you have in here they're often sort of the more dry relatable everyman or in spy and or in spy and um, detective stories in particular, they're damaged but in a very particular kind of noir way. Yeah. Whereas this, she's... I can't feel love again. Yeah. Whereas in this, she's... While she's, while she's intelligent, she's also very hysterical. Mm-hmm. Kind of. She's, she's a mess. Yeah. Which was not what I was expecting at all when I um, went in to watch this, which was... Um, 
Very refreshing to me and very interesting. Something I liked of how they integrated that into it, um, of it wasn't just uh, a kooky part of her character. Mm. Um, I liked that initially that was, this is why I'm getting you on the case, because you're obsessed with this. I need that obsession for someone to do a good job on this. Um, Russian M, I don't know what her name is, um, but the the lady from the Russia desk uh, is like a spy master for all of this. Carolyn? Uh, I guess so. Uh, the older lady? Yeah, she's got the son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so Carolyn. Um, yeah, she was just M from like James Bond mm. in a very sort of way. And she was great. Sure, uh, M? Oh, yeah. Mar- yeah, M. Yeah, M, like M's Judy Dench. Right Sorry, I'm uh, thinking of Q. Yeah. yeah. Um, They're both letters. I like <laughs> her. To sue me. <laughs> I like her justification for setting it all up. Um, of being cool, you're fired, awesome. Uh, I'm going to pay you under the table to go and do this thing. Um, I know that you're going to do a good job um, uh, because you would do a good job anyway. I'm just going to give you the resources to help facilitate that and kind of push you along a little bit. Um, and then when it was getting too much or getting into places you didn't want to go, she's like, nah, I'm dropping you. Yeah. Um, I loved I loved uh, Carolyn. Carolyn was my second favorite character. She was very good. Yeah. Carolyn was good. She was real horny British, fucking yeah. a lot of Russian men. Yeah. Uh, it, it almost makes being a spy seem appealing because you're just sitting in a fancy hotel drinking cocktails and flirting with your enemy uh, up to the point where everyone's dying. Mm. I mean, if you just got rid of that part, then it seems pretty appealing. Yeah, just appealing. keep the Yeah. Um, I, like, I didn't like how Carolyn got seemingly less professional as it went on during like the Russia arc. Um, like when she's over there, I did like that whenever she brings Eve along, um, it seemed to me she was very well aware that Eve probably can't control herself in these situations or is going to blurt out information that perhaps uh, one wouldn't do if you were a trained investigator. And I liked the implication that that was why she brought her, that there was never anything Eve did that really surprised her. And so she was like, you're crazy about this person. I know what places to bring you or what places not to bring you so that I can appear the reasonable person by comparison and we can both get what we want. Uh, I got that kind of Machiavellian vibe from her, which I really appreciate characters being manipulatively intelligent in that sort of way, especially for a spy master. Oh, yeah, she was... um, One of the things I find fun about Carolyn is that she is basically um, that sort of trope of the wise old old mentor crossed with the Machiavellian... um, You know, that word... (laughs) <laughs> um, kind of, yeah, spy master, the M character, mm. but she's also she's also funny in that just yeah. just some of the things she says. Uh, she's she's very um, she's very serious most of the time, but that's what what's funny about her. She'll mm. she'll say bizarre things. I did like her line at like the end of episode one of you know like for us spies a lot of the time our partners think that we're having affairs, and she goes, oh no, I already told him that like I'm going to work with you. You're like, huh. Probably be better if he thought you were having an affair, yeah. honestly. <laughs> well, maybe you should start making him think that you are. Yeah. I think it's a general Yeah, idea. that was yeah. it. Because that's probably better for everyone. And it was, because mm. a lunatic showed up and I did like the <laughs> one of the first things, like, they, I don't like the plot of, like, the, the drama of keeping a secret from the husband. And so they immediately diffused that because she's, like, Sitting there for like five seconds, and I'm working for my six. Yes. Just couldn't keep it to herself. And I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm like, maybe that's like dumb for other reasons, but I just don't enjoy 
the the drama of like why you keep going out late at night and bro don't you love me and it's like no i'm actually working for mi6 but i can't tell you because reasons it's just not a storyline they still had the fight just yeah they did totally different reasons like i don't want you to work for mi6 yeah he's like hey people are dying left right and center i don't want you to die she's mad at her husband for not being a manny manic pixie nightmare girl yes pretty much (laughs) she was mad at her husband for not letting her pursue her manic pixie nightmare girl (laughs) which was great um yeah i did like how um the actress who plays vivanel Villanelle. Villanelle. Yeah. Is incredible. Oh, yeah. How uh, she can just shift between different, like, personas mm. instantly. I eventually watched her in uh, Jodie Comer, I think her name is. I eventually watched her in an interview, and her accent is none of the accents that she ever shows on uh, in the show. Well done. It's, yeah. like, her real accent is kind of, it's British, but a more kind of rougher British than the British accent she has in this. Right. Um, She's Ray's mum. In, in the new Star Wars trilogy. You know that one scene where they're like, oh, here's yeah. your parents, that she's that. <laughs> she's well, we like the- her biggest name role. No, well, she's um, also uh, the main girl in um, Free Guy. I don't know what that is. You never heard of oh, Free Guy? That was Guy? The, the Ryan Reynolds video game you saw the one that came out last year. Oh, yeah. It's really good. You should watch it. No, it's not, but sure. What do you mean? <laughs> you haven't seen it. I'm not watching it. Why? <laughs> it looks garbage. No, it's great. It's it, You think it's great. I've, I've immediately heard, have decided it's garbage and refuse to change my mind. I've heard better things than I would expect from it, and I've heard reviews of people saying, oh, it's not that bad. I can take it or leave it. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm like. Even if it's good, it's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. I have very limited time and I don't have time to be like, oh, this is okay. I'll watch that. I just mm. don't have time. Only for the finest anymore. for you. Yes, pretty much. Exactly. Question for Joel. Previously on the podcast, you've described your affection for damaged women. Yeah. This show had at least two damaged women in it. Definitely, definitely preferred Vivanel mm-hmm. to Villanelle. Villanelle, whatever. Vivi. Vivi. <laughs> we'll go with Viv. Um, definitely. Yeah. She was my kind of damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm definitely into my yander women. I think yander. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I um, like um, Villanelle. She's they, as I said in our last session, I think they got an actual psychiatrist or psychologist um to uh advise, and she's meant to be a primary psychopath in that she wasn't. Well, you you learn more about her family in season three, mm-hmm. so. Nothing. Wow, season three, because it already like end of season two has started to like be getting into. I'm surprised that it takes that long. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they really go in our family in season three, where the well, we know, don't know anything for absolute certain, but it definitely implies that she was born that way. If you yes. can be born that way, but which is theoretically like, possible, mm. but not very, very definitely not the overwhelming majority mm. of cases. But um, with most ca- with most villainous um, villainous characters, they try to make them sympathetic by showing that they were once like us, and then they <clears throat> and then something happened to them which mm-hmm. f- fucked them up and made them evil. But in Villanelle's case, it's more that she was sort of she was born this way, baby. Yes. But it's the fact that she was born that way which is the source of her. Um, sort of what makes her sympathetic in a way because clearly what she wants more than anything is a connection with another person 
but it's her um, state of being that is the um, obstacle to that. But at mm. the same time, that's sort of what is the thing that draws her to Eve. Because for one thing, uh, she's initially drawn to Eve because she reminds her of the, Anna. Yeah, the, the other fling, the, uh, yeah. her, her teacher, wasn't yeah. she? Um, Anna, yeah. So yeah, the, 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 her original... The, the 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 milf she originally imprinted milf on prime. yeah milf prime milf prime although in, in when you're in a season three it also you find out she has mummy issues but you if you ever want to watch it you'll find out C- come um, on villain you can't have both yeah like pick and choose um so she, she it's a it's a um rich tapestry mm-hmm. but yeah so she's originally um drawn to Eve because she reminds her in Anna in, in that um. Older woman with big hair is paying her attention, mm-hmm. but I think with Anna, the the thing that um, that uh, that was the deal breaker was the fact that she castrated her husband and murdered him. But um, ultimately, Anna couldn't deal with the fact that she was what she was. Whereas for Eve, the fact that she is a psychopath is what is the, exactly the thing that's drawing Eve even closer in, in towards mm. her. So you're like, okay, you're exactly my type and you're into me for me. Mm. It's, it's, and they also contrast in that last episode the fact that Anna couldn't, couldn't shoot her. She, sh- she ended up shooting herself instead, whereas Eve could um, stick Stab the knife her. in. Yeah. That's yeah. mm. right. She was the killing Eve all along. Yeah, exactly. She did <laughs> the killing, the stabbing. Probably like looking forward to yeah the 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 final scene of season one. Mm. Um, I was I was rather impressed by the direction they decided to go in that last moment. Um, I liked how she was. Oh, I found where she is. She reaches the final end point of the of the video game. The final after post boss credits level. Um, gets there has a breakdown, just smashes everything, gets drunk, um, then just sits down and has this chat. Uh, I really liked the the discussion and it definitely seemed like the veils were lifted on both of them. They're both being very honest with like, I'm obsessed with you, I'm obsessed with you. Da, 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 da. And then stab. Like I thought that was really cool because I was like, I, you haven't sold me on Villanelle already because she killed my favorite character and so far hasn't done much redeeming shit since then. Uh, if they had straight up just gotten together, then I would have been like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. But this app, like, oh, okay, cool. There's still some mess yes. to go around. We're not there yet. No. Oh, yeah, um, it's... I did appreciate that. They have um, quite a messy road ahead of them. Um, I assume you realise that Villanelle is not yet dead. Oh, yeah. Well, she's, well, yeah there's she's five more seasons of this show. <laughs> no, there's four, more. Uh, four altogether. All right, so there's three more seasons of this, so she can't be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's, the show's called Killing Eve. She could have gone on to a different psychopath to obsess over. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, let's just say the stabbing does not put Villanelle off. No, if I anything, would imagine it would. If yeah. anything, it is proof to her in her mind wow. that they belong together. God. Um, uh, I, I have a note here. Um, I think it was probably episode two or something. Uh, as soon as Villanelle heard Eve's name, she was holding a, a bottle of champagne, and as soon as she heard it, she popped the cork. And I was like, "Phallic, I get it. Nice <laughs> joke. I like that. Very cool." It is. Um, I did like the handler. 
I can't remember. His oh, name. Constantine. Constantine. Yeah, I, I. He was. He's just got the most amazing dad energy. Yeah. Again, another wonderful character that gets killed off. Like all my favorite characters were dying just as soon as they were getting to a confrontation point. Like, if you put a character in a room with Villanelle and they're not Eve, they're going to die. Are you planning on watching season two? Uh, not especially. I I did like the show, but um. Well, yeah, it's not something I'm going to follow up on. He's not dead. He got shot in the chest, didn't he? Where yeah, did he get shot? He got shot in like the. He got shot in the abdomen. It was I expected him to live. So when they were like, oh, maybe not, but like also was like, oh, they could just be bullshitting that. Okay, well that's good. I, he is a character which, like, it would be irresponsible for him to not be prepared for this exact situation. So I'm I'm glad that he does survive that. Yes. What was some of the other bit? I got what the fuck hide and seek sex. <laughs> I can't remember what I wrote that for. What that scene was is for that? the was, scene yeah. in episode three where um, she finds that random American tourist. A Villanelle finds that random American tourist and seduces her mm. and um, convinces her to um, play hide and seek play- while fucking. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's like, I've never done anything like this before, and she's like, Yes, now go find me. <laughs> Uh, I've lived here for six years and I said yes to everything for five of them. That, yeah, that was one of Bill's lines, which I really liked. And then I've got, good kick, positive Bill, and then Bill the MVP, and then in all caps, don't die, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really know what else he was expecting to happen in that situation, to be fair. Yeah, like, he, the the point at which he should have stopped is, she's gone into the nightclub, mm-hmm. cool, I'm not going in there without yes. backup. That yeah. is the most dangerous, like, crowded, no one's gonna, if I get stabbed which is what this person does. Hmm. I like um yeah that that's I hate to say it, but that's on Bill. Yeah. Uh, for going in. That, for going in. That look when she turns around and looks at just, him is just she gives him the smile. The mm. yeah the that was just I got you. Yes. Uh <laughs> I think I was saying that in that moment Bill realized he fucked up. Yes, yeah, he did. Uh I also wrote so uh, Eve, you only have one other party member left. Stop going on high-level raids. I don't want that girl <laughs> to get killed too. Uh, Eve was possessed by the horny for this whole thing. She was. Um, she really. Although, to be to be fair and more serious, while it was obviously very much a sexual thing for Villanelle, also an emotional thing, but also very, very much a sexual thing mm-hmm. um, for Eve... Well, there may have been a sexual element to it or it might have evolved into a sexual thing. I think it was more about wanting to be like Villanelle in a way or or maybe not wanting to be like her but sort of wanting sort of the power she has and the thrilling life she has. I don't quite get the... It's possible. I don't quite get quite that impression. I do like the, the idea of her desiring the, mm. the glamorous, the freedom that mm. Villanelle has. Um I did like that at least what we've seen so far, it would have been unreasonable for her to be just like super thinking with her dick just about Villanelle and that's it. It did seem to be much more of a, a fascination to try and understand who this person is and just can't stop thinking about how does this person tick. I did yeah. like that that was more the emphasis and I assume later on we might get to a more romantic sexual sort of stuff. I think like- one of my issues with Eve was I struggled to pinpoint exactly why she was doing this because yeah. there was... You had this whole like, oh, she's like a super obsessed with serial killers. And like, that doesn't seem enough. Considering like, the thing, the obstacle she's gone through, like at the end, she goes, I've lost two jobs and a husband and a best friend because yes. of this. What, like, that's obviously not worth it. 
I kind of saw it as when I start simping for villainous characters in movies. For, or very often, the characters I find myself obsessed with are, well, not always, but sometimes, they're characters who I don't find that physically attractive at first. Well, sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the fact that I'm physically attracted to them, which gets me interested in them. It's the fact that I find them fascinating and yep. I want to um, unravel their mind and also something about them grabs me emotionally and then it becomes an attraction from there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what... W- that That's what... that's Because that's what happens with me, that's what I um, saw as happening with Eve. I think uh, it kind of ties into, again, why I liked the way they chose to end it as well because if they had just gotten together then it, w- it was Eve saying this was all worth it that all of the things I've lost were worth it because I get to be with this person but instead it was more like her trying to claw power back to like I've lost everything all I've got left is bringing this killer down uh, at least I can still probably do that and she was probably very conflicted at that moment and it was a crime of passion uh, but yeah it was she went to the apartment to uh, to try and the one thing in her life that she has left, maybe she can accomplish this. And she did. And then immediately was like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Because she's a mess and stabbing people sucks. Yeah. And I think it was also... I guess they get into this a little bit more and they emphasize this a bit more in the later seasons. She's... When you... Her reactions to people dying and and stabbing Villanelle shows that she's obviously not a psychopath herself. No, she mm. gets really fucking yeah. freaked out about the whole thing. Yeah, but she she wants to, in a way, have the the power, I guess. For so her her stabbing Villanelle was her kind of part of her fantasy, I think. Mm-hmm. It was it was partially revenge because she she de- obviously did a love and care about Bill and she was horrified. She was a mix of horrified by the things that Villanelle did and impressed. It, yes. it, it depends how close she got to it. Um, and she she I just I do think she wants she wants to emulate Villanelle to an extent, but mm. she also can't go all the way with it because she's not she, at at her core she's still someone who cares about other people so yeah. she's 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 in two minds about everything mm. which is again i think what um villanelle wants because on one hand she wants a soft mummy uwu mm-hmm. on the other hand she wants a fellow killer who can relate to her mm-hmm. and in eve she sees someone who could be both yep um uh what else have i got here uh Another thing I noticed, there are a lot of vital paper documents that weren't being scanned or photographed by all of the camera phones that everybody had at all times. Um, there was a lot of, like, unraveling bits of paper, and it, it's a minor gripe, but I was like, oh, come on, guys. Like, they'd lose a bit of paper, and like, oh, no, that was all the evidence that we had. I'm like, take photos of it. I didn't actually remember that bit. It happens a bit. The main thing is when she, like, deletes the confession off the phone. Like, you didn't make a copy of that mm. or anything else. It's just, there was a lot of that. I... I didn't notice that, but now I think about it, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of incompetent police work going on in general. Yeah, a little. Um, Just terribly incompetent police work. Uh, I uh, After Bill died, um, I started getting worried every single time a character had a feature episode <laughs> because they died. Uh, like the their initial boss who like went into the safe house. 
Um, I feel bad for him. Like the show, I did. it felt like the show was. I don't know if the show was trying to make us hate him. The main characters we sympathized were supposed to sympathize with clearly hated him. But I don't know. I just I just feel bad for him. Like he, I think he was yet another part of like why I could justify hating Villanelle because this guy is a prick. Um, that's not a death sentence. Like he he's an asshole. He's a prick. Whatever. He seems to be not great at his job. He is like being a traitor uh, for helping the Russians and stuff but he's being blackmailed to do it uh, and his, he's still being virtuous in that of like he's helping his family and all of that stuff. So it's enough to be like, you've done bad things, you go to jail. Uh, it's not an instant death sentence. But he was basically Walter White without the things that made Walter White go evil in the end. He literally yeah. just went bad to save someone from, uh, save, a, save a loved one from Which death and they died anyway didn't succeed in doing it and yeah. he was also just a bit pathetic yeah to be honest. yeah Look, um, the pathetic is like yeah he was he was a trick i did like the sorry what was the spy master's name again carolyn carolyn i did like carolyn's interrogation technique it's like yeah. oh this is gonna get messy and then it's just mum, mummy hugs. Yeah. <laughs> sorry you have to see this <laughs> yeah it was just oh that character was another reason why I don't think I liked Eve very much because even though he was completely pathetic, she was also super mean to yeah. him, mm-hmm. like super mean. Like that bit where they get, um, they like get him to the pub under false pretenses of a date, and mm-hmm. he was just like, "Well, f- fucking forgive me for thinking that someone gave a shit about me." <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, that's fair. I'm but- like, I was expecting him to disappear from the series after that scene because that was like a. This is my first policing work, and it kind of went a bit shitty. Um, and I liked it being an inversion of, uh, yeah, you get someone to a pub, you get them drunk, and they spill their secrets, and you're like, aha, I've got the power. But then he's like, you piece of shit. Like, no, I, I thought I was coming here for friends. Fuck you. <laughs> I do like how um, also uh, Constantine gets like a psych test to make sure that she's psychopathic enough yeah. <laughs> which was funny like are you are you still like a complete psycho <laughs> yes apparently enough of one i appreciated it, constantine's competence of never falling for her bullshit like yeah. it, like there was that one time when she pickpocketed him um and that was a bit of a thing but then after that he's always like uh i don't he's know one was, step ahead of her bullshit all yeah, the time um he, the oh. scene when he escapes from his house yes. and he's just like downing pills. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he like threw those pills up or they were fake pills or something. I think they were just fake pills. Yeah. That was um, and then it, like he's, I like it when characters are bearing their soul, but instead of that being an actual admission of weakness, that is a currency or a form of ammunition that they are spending yeah. to reach a goal of like, everything I told you is true, but it was just to lure yes. you into false sense so I could peg a glass at you yeah. and then run out through the front and door. And escape on my boat whilst <laughs> yeah. drinking whiskey. And then he's also like, like oh you, my God, you abandoned uh, your daughter and your wife. And he's like, it was either a calculated thing of, I know she's not going to kill them because reasons, or they're already dead anyway. Yeah, Like, the, there's no control I have in that situation. The only control I have is to save myself, literally. Yeah, well, she hadn't killed them yet. Either she had, or she hadn't killed them yet. And if she hadn't killed them yet, then she probably doesn't see a reason to. Yeah, if they're not dead already, there's no reason for that to change. I, yeah. I just really loved... Um, it, it might even be one of my favourite dynamics in the show, um, just... Constantine and Villanelle's weird father-daughter. Yeah, when she throws him a birthday party. Yeah, 
That, that was cool. I like it's that. It's not my birthday. I don't know when your birthday is. Would you care to tell me whether <laughs> it is? Maybe? I like, yeah, they had a really sweet sort of relationship, despite uh, he's still keeping professional at all times and constant. It kind of. It was almost like practice for him to stay on edge. Yeah. Of like, she's going to keep doing all this kooky shit and that's just her bag. Um, I need to be like, not be fooled by that because she will stab me anytime and she will be fine with it. That's why I pay her. Yeah. But she very clearly just wanted him to be her daddy. Yeah. For real. And mm. not even in a sexual way. No. Just her daddy. Just her dad. Yeah. Um, when I do like when she gets a new handler and he's all like, you're now going to do everything I say and I'm going to make you behave. And then she just shoots him. And it's like, because he doesn't understand her. Mm. He thinks that she's, you know, a killer, but fundamentally bound by the same rules as everybody else. Mm. Like he doesn't, he mm. completely underestimates her. He even hands her a fucking loaded gun. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, good, now go do everything because I have all the power and he just gets shot in the head. And it's like, no, you don't have any of the power, you idiot, because your power means nothing for this person. Yeah. Like, that, that was like a miscalculation on the part of the mysterious Illuminati yeah. group because surely they would, I would hope they, considering Villanelle's their best agent, they should be like paying special attention to what she needs to do her job, which is a daddy mm. uh, and or a milf on a string. <laughs> yes. You'd think so, but I don't know. The whole thing seemed a bit... If so many high-profile people are dying, this got me. If she's killing so many high-profile politicians, how does this not eventually get noticed at some point? Well, it did get noticed. That's the whole point yeah. of the show. Well, I got guess, noticed in like earlier. these uh, smaller circles and stuff of uh, the, the Russian desk and stuff yes. noticed it and Eve noticed it. But those, I imagine, like, they're real deep in the paint of this kind of stuff. I hope that season two, it's, like, front page news of, like, hey, we think there's a serial killer on the loose killing, like, the president of Germany or this dude from China. Yeah. this. I also, that um, Italian guy, I think he was Italian. Uh, Yeah. yeah. He was way too eager to believe that his 12-year-old grandson got him a hooker. As a birthday present? Yeah. That was really weird to me. Who knows how they do things in yes. Italy? I don't. Just like, are you my present? Like, what, from the kid? Yeah, sure, why not? Then he gets stabbed in the eye, so that's pretty fun. Yeah. I could believe it. Yeah. All right. that was a, that was a fucking if you're in the mafia, they start young, don't they? I didn't think he was in the mafia. He was a politician, wasn't he? No, I think... Uh, he was in some kind of criminal enterprise, I'm pretty sure. Possibly. I don't know. They didn't f- spend a lot of time on the targets. No. Um... Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because the show is obviously about something else. But I think I might have appreciated Eve focusing on the target or someone focusing on the targets a bit and drawing connections for that of like all of these people uh, were involved in some strange, obscure financial deal or something which turns out to be controlling bullshit or something like that. Like some some sort of start to get the pattern of what the Illuminati is trying to do with these random high-stakes people. I think the point was... I mean, I I was in, I am intrigued by what they're ultimately trying to do, but I think the point is that they were trying to, in a way, make the most stock-standard, generic kind of spy thing, right down to having the Russian villains and everything, mm. and the M, British M character, in order to subvert it and say, yeah, so this is a... This is your most typical spy story anyway, you can imagine. We're going to make it about horny, yeah, it, psychopathic MILFs. It is definitely <laughs> meant to be background elements. Yeah. Um, I just hope that as the show goes on, like you do need to acknowledge that eventually. 
um, of you, you've now moved beyond because you be you can live in a generic world for a while, but eventually you have to. If your show goes on long enough, you have to start building stuff. That's like Star Trek original series had fucking no backstory like to Wick. it. Yeah, John Wick. Like first John uh, Wick, where it's just like, oh, there's a bit of a secret society. There's a something, but whatever. nothing beyond belief. Oh, nothing I, where it's like, oh, this is unbelievable. And then you get to the third one where people are getting shot in the streets, and everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't see that. Like, yeah, John Wick's an escalation because uh, yeah. yeah, they have they've lived in that world for three films now, yes. and they have to start building something. Um, Star Trek did the same thing of. Uh, Deep Space Nine was the one which made uh, all the backstory. I don't know. Like, um, wasn't wasn't a lot of the stuff that we now think about as generic in Star Trek introduced in Star Trek? It was, but it wasn't considered. It was all there in service of each episode's plot. There was mm. very little interconnectedness of it all. There were concepts like the Federation and Starfleet, um, which were broad enough and vague enough, like the Prime Directive as well, that they could be used by the writers for individual episodes. But the further you go on, you eventually have to start explaining some of those in a bit more detail um, because you like the prime directive is an example of one which is probably not done as well because they deliberately never wrote it down to give the writers wiggle room. And you end up with situations where Kirk, Picard, Janeway, Cisco have all done radically different things in the name of the prime directive, which often conflict. Um, Well, the prime directive is bullshit anyway. That's another discussion. But yes. Uh, but yeah, it's like if you live in a world long enough, you eventually have to start building a backstory. Mm. I hope Killing Eve, and that's kind of the question of are you good at building backstory or not if you're going to do a long-term project? I hope the Killing Eve did succeed and like keep that, keep it just enough so they can focus on what they want to, which is uh, Eve and uh, Villanelle. Mm. I want to talk about Constantine again because he's great. Yep. He is great. <laughs> I, th- just the first scene where you see um, him and Villanelle interacting. It's uh, It just reminded me so much of a just a kid who wants their distant dad, their, their sort of busy dad, to spend more time hanging out with them. And it just hammered home for me how much that is basically what Villanelle is. She's just – she's just well, she's a psychopath, but she's also – just someone who I guess wants a family in a way. Yes. Mm. Because when you saw well after she abducted um Constantine's daughter, they basically it's also because Constantine's daughter is obviously a bit fucked up as well given what her family does. Yes. Um, but they go from going from like a hostage take a hostage situation to basically becoming like an older sister who has to take a younger sister out. I was a little bit put off by, like, I did really like the kid character. Mm. They were really cool. I liked her um, uh, getting one over her with speaking Mandarin. Mm. And she's like, you don't actually know how to speak Mandarin, do you? Like, fuck you. (laughs) Um, But I felt like that needed to change as soon as she shot um, the previous fling. I felt like that should have been the line where the kid goes, oh, they're not actually just playing around. This is a crazy murderer who kills people. But she didn't shoot her through Anna. Didn't she? Anna shot herself. Oh, okay. Well, and, then, and she goes like, whoa, okay. And then he's like, all right, we're moving on. I guess, yeah, I wanted the kid to be a bit more affected by seeing someone get shot um, and to, for the kid to, like, freak out, maybe just run off or something like that. Well, the idea is that she's kind of, I guess... Similar. Yeah. I got that vibe as well. Yeah. That she was um, very much... A bit of a... Because she wasn't like, oh, that whoa, that was terrible. She was like, whoa, because I don't think she expected it to happen. Mm. 
Yeah, she was surprised by it. She wasn't shocked. Yeah, but I got the impression very much from their dynamic that they were two very like people. Mm. Yeah, it actually gets a bit more into that in the later seasons. But I think that's also part of the reason that Constantine knew how to deal with Villanelle so well. Yeah. See, I like. I would have liked it instead to be a bit more of a contrast. Like, I would have written it as Villanelle is starting to feel a bit of a kindred spirit with this kid. They start to get along a bit better, and then that event happens, and the kid freaks out, and Villanelle goes, "Oh, this is actually just another person who I can't identify with. I must continue to go back to Eve. There is no one in this world who understands me like Eve does, and no one ever will." Um, which is kind of a something that uh, Villanelle is sort of sort of going through, like because she's reaching out to people. And they're going, oh, you don't get it, kill. Or not specifically, but that's a lot of like her yearning. Yes. Yeah. I like how she gets a boyfriend for a bit. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. Like when they have sex and she's just like, I'm going to ride you as hard as possible. And then she's just like, all right, we're done. <laughs> okay. Mm. She's like, yeah, this is what normal people do, right? Like just that trying to figure it out. And then he dies accidentally. She's like, oh, no. The <laughs> old lady across the hall as well. Uh, she she was funny. Uh, I liked it that she uh, Eve turns up and you know, oh, are you from the agency? And Eve does the math and head. Yes, I am from the agency. You need to report to me. <laughs> that was pretty smart. I actually forgot that happened. Um, and she got her to text all the updates instead yeah. of saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I liked that. It was that was probably the mo- some of the more competent police work mm. that we had in this. Um, even though it was like the the, the lowest of balls handed to her uh but yeah the texting that's a good element to bring in later on yeah for sure um i i don't think i have a huge amount left to note at least off the top of my head do you have anything goldie um i'm just looking through some of the other bits that i wrote down uh carolyn whenever she introduces her son into a room says sorry about the smell Twice, she only says that twice, and both times it's yes. when she's introducing the son into a, uh, someone else into the room, which has her son in it. And I, the I first time I was like, "Oh, maybe he's been like bike riding or some shit, or it was a dingy office." But then the second, I'm like, "Do you just hate your son? What, what's no, up?" She's just mean to her son. Yeah, that's she is the, pretty mean to her son. Uh, that's the whole thing. That, it actually goes a bit deeper into that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so when I was saying that it's sort of bright and glamorous. I was talking about how, for example, in a way, a a sort of, you know how James Bond is glamorous, James Bond Mm -hmm. movies, where you have people wearing the fancy clothes and jet setting around the world and everyone can speak multiple languages and everyone's very kind of... Everyone's very cultured. Cultured, yeah. I I feel like there was, they were tapping into that in this, like like you get get taken all over Europe and... um, the way that uh, especially uh, Carolyn and the Russian Secret Services know each other and then spend the night over cocktails, that was very much in that vibe. Yeah, and you have Villanelle sending um, Eve all that fancy clothing mm. and um, and perfume and everything. And, you yeah, you go to um, – and Villanelle herself is very fixated on luxury mm-hmm. um, after she – before she kills that – um, Italian guy, she gets the name of the person that makes his bed sheet so she can buy it for herself. And when um, Eve goes into her apartment, she just has all that, like that whole shelf of um, uh, perfumes lined up. Yep. And so I thought it really tapped into the idea of the sort of glamour of the spy genre in that way. 
but at the same time it contrasted it with the um the sort of realistic messiness of the characters i think it was kind of skirting on the edges i think the characters were reaching for that kind of glamour mm. and yeah. trying to trying their best to approximate what they think it is uh, but no one was ever actually from that world. They were they were reaching towards a world that they heard of but have never been to. That's a good way of putting it. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. It's like the the a scene uh, a sequence of scenes that I think best represents the duality of the series for me would be when Eve decides to put on all that clothes and clothes and perfume that Villanelle sent her, and. Um, the music of of that that's that dramatic um femme fatale kind of music and it's all making it seem very sexy and dangerous and Mm. dramatic but then in the next scene um villanelle shows up in her house and she just starts screaming hysterically and runs into the bathroom and tries to fight her off with a a, a toilet brush yep (laughs) and then and she just and it's just incredibly funny and embarrassing and Villanelle just ends up dunking her in the bath to make her shut up. Mm. So I feel like that's that sequence of scenes is the essence of what the show is to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, the characters uh, reaching in, ooh, this might be a cool thing, and then realising, oh, fuck, oh, shit, oh, no, when something goes wrong. Yeah, so that's I, – actually, I think what you're saying is basically the essence of what Eve's character is. Mm-hmm. She, she wants the idea of the sexy kind of idea of what it is to be a spy and be caught up with all these um, – Interesting, yeah, stuff. interesting, dramatic, sexy people. But then when she actually gets too deep into the nitty gritty, she freaks the fuck out. But not so much that she doesn't keep going back for more. Yeah, um, actually, in that scene when she goes to the house, uh, I really liked a moment where E uh, Villanelle puts on an act of a sob story, and he sits there, listens to the whole thing, and goes like. Okay, but that's bullshit. Yes, the, uh, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, like, you, no, like I liked that Eve in particular didn't get sucked in by that because like, this is the person who's supposed to know Villanelle better than anybody on Earth, bar maybe Constantine at this point. Um, if she had fallen for that, I would have been very disappointed in her character. Um, and I think hopefully Villanelle would have been disappointed as well. Yeah, I think she Villanelle would. Villanelle was like, ah, you got me. Nice, good. All right, you passed another test. Yeah. I also like to point out that the um, the excessive, impulsive like acquisition of nice things is a psychotic trait. Yeah. Uh, as well, which is one of the reasons why that is constantly featured. Okay. Because um, psychopaths are huge risk takers, and they have a very high stimulation threshold. Mm-hmm. So they need a lot to feel good. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, so they need like lots of novel things, lots of interesting things, and they're also super into danger like, like adrenaline junkies love, and stuff love danger um it, in the intro i spoke about like that doctor who was possibly a psychopath um who found out he was supposed to be a psychopath and one of the things in retrospect that make a lot of sense is he went on a hiking trip with his brother to the cave where ebola started like the back okay. where they traced it to like the bats in this cave or where it came from. He didn't tell his brother that that was the cave. <laughs> he just went and then he was like, yeah, that was the Ebola cave. And he was like, what? And he, his brother was super mad at him and he didn't understand why. He was like, isn't it mm-hmm. so interesting? Like we could have died. And that was- <laughs> And but, the response would be, yeah, we could have died. Yeah, we could have died. But there was like no like 
regard for himself. And he almost mm. just, it wasn't mean callous, like I'm going to kill my brother in the Ebola no, cave. But it was like, he couldn't, he didn't think that his brother wouldn't be as excited about the yeah. Ebola cave as he would. Look how close um, we got. Yeah, effectively. Like he, for him, it was so exciting that it like, it was exhilarating. Mm-hmm. And, for, and, and again, and that's for his brother, it was like terrifying. So, mm. yeah. And again, I think that's why Villanelle is interested in Eve because Eve is also yeah. an adrenaline junkie. She's just an adrenaline junkie. She would go to the Ebola cave. Yeah, exactly. They, yes. could, they would go on a honeymoon to the Ebola cave. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, fun date idea. Yes. <laughs> Let's go to the Ebola Let's cave. Let's go to the Ebola yeah. cave together. Um, would it be okay if we are uh, kissed in the Ebola cave? <laughs> 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 just joking, unless. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's not a dynamic where one character is wants to be entire. Like you, you know how you have the okay. Villanelle likes like doesn't at least not in not at this point she doesn't hate what she is, but she also wants some of what Eve has, mm-hmm. and at the same. T- there's not a lot of regret. Yeah, she d- she doesn't regret being a killer, but she 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 it's not like she wants to give up being a killer at this point. But she um she also wants what Eve has in that she wants to she wants to have sort of like at the end she says she wants someone she can watch movies with. Yeah, she wants a bit of domestication. Yeah, she wants to do normal things. Yeah, whereas Eve she wants the the opposite. The opposite, but she, at the same time. She's not a full-on psychopath. No. She she wants some of the banter and good vibes, I guess. Mm. And yeah. that's I, I, that's their dynamic, I suppose. Yeah. Um, another shout out to uh, the son of Carolyn um, or grandson of Carolyn, whatever it was. The, uh, son, the, um, um, Kenny. Kenny. Yeah, I liked it, the portrayal of hacking. I like that uh, they'd be like, can you get this? And he's like, yeah, give me a couple of hours and like, I'll see what I can do. And then there'd be other ones where he's like, no, that that's not a thing. Or like immediately. Yeah, he'd be like, I, I can either get it in five minutes or I can't at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, I liked, uh, it was a good vehicle for like, oh, he can troll through and just get the get X for you and that will lead you to the next location. Yes. Um, but it takes time. And he, he was just a fun little background character. Mm. He got a little bit rebellious. He didn't need much characterization, but he was a he was a really cool utility character. I think it was really nice. A lot of the minor characters are fun, like that uh, Chinese ambassador. I think he was. He oh, was, he was so yeah. he was great because he was kind of just like, let's just go on a date. We we don't actually have to fuck. Like, I'm not going to pressure you into having sex, but I do want to kind of pretend to have a date, and that's kind of his. <laughs> I think that he was like the nicest pervert you've ever met. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I think yeah. he's another example of. Eve going into this glamorous world. Like that's probably the closest you got to that glamorous yeah. world. And that Chinese guy was like, normally what would happen is we'd sit, we'd chat, we'd have a lovely dinner for a couple of hours. And then at the end, I'll give you the secret spy stuff and then we'll part and we'll go separate ways. And he was like, no, people are dying. Like I got, I got to get this stuff now. He's like, no, come on. You got to do a little foreplay. You got to, and he's like, oh, you know what? Fine. Okay, sure. But call me. Yeah. yeah. I like that he was—he was a bit like, oh, like I wanted to dance and play because that's what we do. And Eve has gone into this world and then immediately freaked out and gone, oh fuck, oh shit, oh fuck. And he was very cheeky, like he was pointing out that he, she had um, toilet paper under her armpit. Yes, yeah. didn't he, he? Like he, he, he didn't let the fact that he wanted a fucker uh, get in the way of giving her a hard time. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was a cool character. Yeah, was, he, yeah I didn't mind him. He was silly in the right kind of way. Yeah. I, was I, good. I, yeah, I like more character. Like, that's a cool bit of sort of world building of how people interact in this spy business mm. sort of game. It, it, kept, it gave a bit more of that tapestry. Again, with the cocktails, with the Russian Secret Service, uh, similarly. Um, of like, this is the kind of, this is how we do our job. Uh, in this crazy uh, sort of uh, beautiful world of ours. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think I have very much else. I'm just trying to troll my mind for any other bits and pieces, but I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's mostly what I've got. Um, uh, I know there was a scene transition. I think they were talking about Villanelle castrating... Um, uh, Frank? The the husband. Uh, she castrated in, in a, a few past. people. Um, and then it immediately cut to Constantine cutting up a sausage. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, like, I was like, boo, <laughs> I see what you did there. And I remember when I watched this originally and they were talking about castration and her, something of happened to her and something, like some kind of... Um, the misdirect. I yeah, think, uh, like they, they really seemed like they were leaning towards, oh, she's messed up because she had some kind of sexual violence happening to her and that's why she hates men. It's like, no, she just castrated a guy because she was really horny yes <laughs> she just wanted to do that and that's what ended up happening. yeah so it's it it goes in directions that you don't expect it's i think it's unique yes it is definitely like um when she's making fun of that when she gets put with those other two assassins and she mm. makes fun of the guy for his complete ineptitude yeah. where he's like you know, where I think I can't remember what he says. Oh yeah, he he threatens to shoot him. He's like, "Oh, like you shot that guy in the head, blam!" Like just real, <laughs> like making fun of his machismo, yeah, and all of that. And then they kill him, and they're like, "I'm not, we're not pumpkins." <laughs> and then she runs over the other girl, yeah, yeah immediately. I, yeah, she's like seducing that girl and everything. Oh, we can run away. We can be together. And I'm like, "Oh, you're dead. <laughs> so dead." No, she she is gonna kill you as quickly as she yes. can. They they don't really go into the goriness of her kills, but they don't shy away from showing the distress yes. of yeah. the people that know that they're going to die, and I think that's a lot worse for me. Uh, to me, I'm like, it's it sucks, but like, uh, yeah, it, I I think that's less effective. That's not quite what irks me about some like horror and gore. Um, uh, like the, the one of her first kills in like the office building, there's a guy like uh, pleading and begging and shitting for his life. And she's like, come on, man. You, yeah, look, like, you look like an shitting. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's pissing, he's shitting. Uh, and she's like, come on, man. You look like an idiot. I'm going to kill you, yeah. but you, there's no need to be he's upset like, about it. He's like, why are you crying? And he's like, you're going to kill me. He's like, I know, but why are you crying? Yeah. It's like, hey, what do you want for you to stand still? <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's everything I had for it. I uh, had a good time. It was a good show. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm. I think, and I don't know if I would continue watching. I would if my partner did, but I wouldn't hate it. But I wouldn't, like I said, I have limited time and I mm. probably wouldn't spend it on this. It's only going to be four seasons altogether. And um, the last season's coming out this year. And I'm, I, it, it, it's all going to p- depend on how it ends. So far for me, it's um, like if, if the last season as, is as good as um, the first three seasons, um, it's gonna be like up there as one of my one of my favorite shows. If the last season ruins it, it wouldn't mean that the previous three seasons are retroactively bad, but it probably wouldn't 
I wouldn't put it in like one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah. I wouldn't put it in BoJack Horseman. Yeah. Um, category. Bo- God, BoJack. I have to do BoJack sometime. Oh, jeez. I don't that's know how we're going to do that. Oh. That's a full. Yeah, I reckon we could do a full season yeah. because they're only half an hour episodes. Mm. Like, yeah. So, so and how many episodes a season? Twelve to fourteen, depending. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, episode eleven is always the fucked one. Yeah. Really, it's usually twelve because okay. episode eleven of every season is like, oh my fucking god, what are they going to do now? Like mm. they're they're usually like the most harrowing. So of you've, it all. you've not seen Bojack? No, I've heard the distress. Uh, I've I've seen a couple of random scenes on YouTube, mm. um, and like when it was coming out, there was a lot of like, bro, this show is so fucked. It's really good. Don't watch it if you're currently depressed. No. It- you shouldn't watch BoJack if you have mental health. Yeah, concerns. and that shows for the community because, like, watching if you're any, if you're a part of any of like the Facebook groups, there's so many people who don't understand BoJack who are mm. like the people that are BoJack. Oh, right. Who are like there are so many people who are like, why did BoJack do this? Like very very low like. I wouldn't even say that they don't understand how to read media. I think they're just projecting so much of themselves onto it that they just miss the point. Right. Like Bojack isn't meant to be the hero. He's not meant to, things aren't meant to go well for him. But everyone, I think, who identifies with Bojack doesn't quite get that. Clearly Princess Caroline is the hero. Yes, clearly. Um, But we'll do that for a Bojack episode. Yeah. So basically, I currently consider this to be on the level of Bojack for me in terms of shows that are just... Really original, really good all the way through. Um, I, I have no idea how they're going to end it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, season three, I'm not sure how people felt about season three as a whole. For me, season, I, I, I'm trying to describe this without spoiling anything. It changed a bit. It had a slightly different... They go to space. Yeah. <laughs> they jump... Um, mm, killing Eve. They go into the hidden earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I can't really... The, the, the dynamic changes a bit, and I have no idea what's getting. They have a baby, <laughs> maybe um, in the hidden earth while also in space. <laughs> the, the, the earth sort of inverts. Yeah, the earth um, inverts. Um, yeah, so I'm really glad that they're going to be ending it at season four because at season three, while I still thought it was good, it really felt like you're going to start running out of steam soon. And yeah, I, this doesn't seem like a show you can go infinitely at all. Yeah, like I, I just don't know how it's going to end. Like whether they're going to die or end up together or mm-hmm. I, I just, so it's overall quality is going to impinge a lot upon how the hell they're going to resolve if they, if this they stick the landing or not. absolute mess that they've created. I mean, it's a beautiful mess, like but it, mm. yeah, it's how they're going to resolve all of this <laughs> badly. I reckon with Game of Thrones, the issue was it's almost like when you're playing a board game and you have like, or a video game and you have a set amount of time and you realize that you can't win anymore because you've spent too long doing all the other stuff, if that makes sense, and you can't stick the landing anymore because they couldn't have gone much longer because I don't think they could have sustained interest. But they also set themselves up where they weren't close enough to the end to yeah. get there in one season easily. I reckon if they had two seasons to, yeah, fi- to tell that exact same story, but in two seasons, I reckon it would have been better. Apparently the directors, like uh, whoever was funding the show at that point, like r- gave them a blank yeah. check and they said, we're doing one season. And yeah. like, are you sure? Yeah. Like we can, yeah. this is this show is printing money. We'll yeah. give you more than one yeah. season. Like, no, we can do it in one. And then they, 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 killed, they killed I, the franchise. I heard, yeah, the directors just wanted to move on to doing yes. something else. So they... Yeah, it was too quick. Because it was just, it was every, I will stick to this 
and it will be a controversial hill. I this suppose. is your hill to die on. Yes. Every character arc in that made sense when you consider everything they had been doing up until then. However, the issue was they sped it up so fast that they missed key character beats to finish that off. They weren't doing it enough in the upcoming seasons for it to make sense to happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. Like Daenerys was also always a bit of a lunatic. And yeah, always- there was setup and stuff, but... But it, then it just like happened Anakin. like that because they didn't have the time to do it over five seasons. Anakin like, Skywalker episodes. and Star Wars Episode 3. Yeah. Mm. They didn't have time to do it over five episodes. So they did it in one. Yeah. And it didn't make any sense. You know, like, so it's the, you need, if you're going, it was all set up to make sense that way. And then they just decided to be like, oh, you can justify Bran being, I guess spoilers for Game of Thrones. You can justify. <laughs> Welcome Bran, to the Game of Thrones spoiler yeah, cast. You can justify Bran being king mm-hmm. if you set it up as we need a figurehead with a nice story, which Tyrion tried to do in a five-minute speech mm-hmm. um, when it should have been for a few seasons, people thinking, hmm, maybe this whole King's thing doesn't really work and maybe we should have some kind of different way of doing it, which they end up doing because Bran doesn't do shit as King. It's all the ruling council that does everything, which is a better system. Mm. And I think a lesson of you can't invest oldest power in one person they never bother to tell you any of that yeah they just they just let you read into it i didn't watch the latest yeah. seasons but a lot of things i can think of were ruined by speeding along the character development to a point where you and the relationship development yes. that's uh that's it like didn't a, make any sense like transformers mm. yeah um but yeah i don't that's not a problem with killing eve the problem is just th- they've done loads of character and relationship development for them it's just the point of like Villanelle is what she is, and she, sure, she is, I don't know, I don't know if what she feels for Eve can be classed as love. Um, She definitely uh, is, she definitely wants her, and it's more than lust between them, but the whole thing is she's, her whole thing is that she's, she doesn't feel empathy, and she gets bored really easily. She she may once she actually has eve will she how long will it take before she decides she gets bored of gets bored of her will will does she have the capacity to grow in such a way that she will not just push her off a bridge the moment she decides mm. that she's over it yeah and like when will she be put to death for killing bill yeah uh that's gonna be what I'll be waiting for uh, if I were to watch more of You're it. Never gonna um, get over that. I know, never. That was traumatizing. It was, it, it was such a cool queer character, and then it was such a like roundhouse kick to the face of kill the queers. And I was like, oh, come There's on. There's so many other queer people in this show. There were, but like he was the first one, and it was like oh, I'd say right- Villanelle was the first one. No, you're right there. Yeah, you just don't like Villanelle, so you're not counting. This her. is true. Yeah, yes. well, if Villanelle died, I'd be like, hell yeah, got what she deserved, kind of thing. I mean, I, 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 she does deserve it, but mm. she's also fun to watch, though. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think Killing Eve's a good show. I'd recommend. Uh, I'm probably not going to watch more of it because I'm just not te- that into like serial killer sort of fictiony yep. type genre. Um, but it was a good time. Oh, I'm glad it was worth your time. Wonderful. Yeah, I think I'm similar in that. I'm, I'm into the genre, but I don't know. I have a lot of things on my to-watch list, and it doesn't rank very highly, and that usually means it will never get to it. Fair enough. Being I know that feeling. Yeah. Mm. So, um, 
it's like, yeah, I've got got to finish Peaky Blinders. I got to continue watching Doom Patrol. There's a lot to do. There's and there's always more RuPaul's Drag Race. There's like there's kind of like a theoretical list I have for when the apocalypse happens and the internet dies. I'll start working through these <laughs> because there's no more media to come and this is my list of what will lead me through the next 60 years of my life. Like I have a list li- like that, but for me, Killing Eve is one of the things that is at the top that yeah, like, gets the priority. Yeah, Fair enough. All right, shall we wrap up there? We shall wrap up cool. there. Four, awesome. Just real quick, our email is hyperfixit hyperfixationpod at gmail.com what was that that is hyperfixationpod at gmail.com that is exactly it and that's hyperfixation with no hyphen you can't have hyphens in emails yes yeah so of course it does not have anything that you cannot have in an email in it it's all one word um it's a relic from when we were called something else and now we're called this yeah we are now the hyperfixated potions unit yes um um, for reasons, but we'll get into that later. Anyway, thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.